Welcome to Coach B Daily. I'm Coach B Moore. In this podcast, I'd like to share information that will help us achieve our health, athletic performance, and body goals more efficiently, which of course means get more progress in the same or less time or with the same or less effort. Today, we'll be talking with my good friend, Dr. Nakia Scott, who's a licensed clinical psychologist, and we're going to talk about sleep, why it's so important, why so many of us have a hard time getting the most out of it, and how we can do better. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to Coach B Daily on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd like to ask you for a star rating or a review, of course. Those help us go further. Uh, and you can send me your questions about this topic or any other. I'm at Coach B Moore, C-O-A-C-H-B-E-M-O-O-R-E on Instagram or Twitter. Also, you can follow this conversation on Facebook.com slash Eating for Abs. And this podcast is an offering of eatingforabs.com where you can find out more about working with me directly. So my friend, Dr. Scott, is, like I said, a, a licensed clinical psychologist. And she's based in Atlanta. She's, we've been friends for 20 years. And we put our heads together. What can we talk about that will be most impactful that resides in her area of expertise and in my area of awareness that we can share with with you? And sleep was paramount. It was the first thing that came up. A lot of people have trouble sleeping. You may have trouble sleeping. You may not even know you have trouble sleeping. You may think that, hey, I sleep. What's normal? I sleep a couple hours here or I work until I pass out or I sleep on the couch. I get four or five hours or whatever. But are you really getting enough sleep? And why is sleep so important? What's keeping us from sleeping and what can we do to fix it? That's what we're going to talk about today. So listen up. There's some incredible information shared. And if you have any further questions on the topic, shoot me a note, shoot me a DM. I'd love to pass the question on to Dr. Scott or if I can answer myself, I certainly will. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Let's say someone comes home from a full day's work. They just drove home through traffic and they get home, they make dinner for themselves or maybe for them and their partner or maybe them and their kids. And we get closer to bedtime and they hear me, you know, the echo in their head is, I need you to target seven hours of sleep a night, but that's just not something that they've normally been able to do. They're four and a half hours rocky sleep sometimes or whatever. And I'm trying to get them to get to seven. I don't want you to be perfect, but I'm targeting seven. Mm -hmm. People are having a hard time reaching this. Not everyone, but some people. Most people. Yeah. So, so I'd like to get number one. I'd like you to help me to just reinforce why sleep is so important. And then we'll get into some tools on how to encourage a, a more restful night's sleep. Why is sleep important to us as human beings? Oh my goodness. A big question. So sleep is just, it's, paramount to daytime functioning. It's a very vital part of our, it's actually the most active period in our day, to be honest, because your body is doing so much work while you're asleep. So you're consolidating memories while you're asleep. Um, your body's digestive system is working. So many of your organs are working overtime while you're asleep, kind of uh, regenerating. Cells are repopulating. Lots of things are happening while you're asleep. And so it's a very, very vital part of your 24-hour cycle. People often treat sleep like it's the icing on the cake. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's a, that, that cool little extra thing you get after you've done all of the important things. Right. But it is pretty much the most important thing that you can do. Mm. Um, so 
you know, I, it's, it's a big question because when it comes to children, you know, I work with children and adolescents and when it comes to children, they're oftentimes misdiagnosed with things like ADHD and behavior disorders because they're actually sleepy. They're not getting enough sleep. So sleep impacts behavioral control and, 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 uh, emotion regulation, things of that nature. So the ability to control their mood and things of that nature, and that impacts adults as well. So I, I'd never heard anybody say that sleep is our most active time, and I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I love the idea. I'm going to write that somewhere and can it. I, <laughs> yes. might, I might have to delete this recording so people can think I'm the okay. brilliant genius who came up with it. <laughs> I think it's great. So we're, how are we screwing it up? Where are, where, just by the general numbers, people are having a hard time sleeping. That's why there's so many freaking products on the market, you know, to help people get better sleep. And it doesn't seem to be helping all that much. Where are we screwing it up and how can we turn it around? Well, I think there's so many products on the market because we have a short attention span. So all of the products are about circumventing the process of actually changing your behavior. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, and that's most product uh, uses for trying to cut out the middleman, which is the actual work. Mm -hmm. Right. So how to lose weight by taking a pill versus actually making right. behavioral lifestyle or how changes. to how to what garment to put on instead of losing weight <laughs> right. right exactly instead of taking the pill maybe right exactly so so we we have a short attention span mm -hmm. um and behavior change is hard it doesn't happen quickly results don't happen quickly so what i think one of the things that we're doing wrong in terms of trying to resolve our sleep is thinking that this is something that we can do you know quickly without any change to the things that the habits that we've created. Right. And, you know, I also think bringing the daytime with you into the bedroom is probably the second most important thing we're doing wrong. We really don't create firm boundaries between daytime behavior mm -hmm. and nighttime behavior. Right. So like, I mean, you described the person who's had a very busy day at work and then came home and immediately transitioned into uh, caretaking for children or for a spouse, uh, domestic duties in general, and then trying to transition into sleep without any real boundary or transitional activity. And so it all just ends up being this kind of cluttered mess. Right. You, know, you see people on their laptops in their bed doing work, preparing a brief or, you know. Or falling um, asleep on the couch. Exactly. Right. We, oh, gosh, yes. So many, so many adults sleep on the couch. So, <laughs> Do you so, sleep on the couch? Heck no, I'm a sleeper. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I'm going for a solid seven and a half and, okay. then I, and then automatically up and at it. But, you know, I know that might be the anomaly. I, I don't want to take that for granted. I, as a matter of fact, if that ever changed, I'd be in trouble. But I, yeah. So I don't take it for granted. What I do want to know is I have my own practices that I've built up over the years, but they're just based on what I know works for me before I go to bed. And being the professional you are, I want to hear what you recommend. What, what, what are some general practices folks should be doing in the couple hours before bedtime? So I'm glad you said a couple of hours because the first is to really understand that the transition is not the 15 minutes before you want to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a, a misconception that many people have, that you can start some sort of an activity to induce sleep in 15 minutes before you are targeted to want to fall asleep. Right. So it really is a, a, a couple of hours at least out. Um, you know, I would say 
initially, we want to try to limit the food and beverage that we intake when, in those last couple of hours before sleep. I mean, I've been guilty of this as well. You end up having, you know, an active stomach when you're in bed. If you just ate your full meal or if you've been, you know, drinking water up into the time, it's time to go to sleep. You're going to get up to have to use the restroom, you know, a couple of hours into your sleep. So really limiting food and beverage in those couple of hours before sleep. When we're thinking about beverages that are not water, <laughs> uh, alcoholic beverages, um, you know, it's really important to also time those not right up against your sleep. What happens when you drink alcoholic beverages, especially if you're doing them right before you fall asleep, is it can put you in deep sleep, kind of advance that sleep phase of deep sleep, but then you wake up in the middle of the night. Okay. And so it creates less of a, um, it, it really disrupts the natural sleep cycles that occur. So you're heavy on the deep sleep in at the beginning of the night, and then it's lots of light interrupted sleep after that. So right. not a good idea. Um, and then <clears throat> you want to think about trying to create some routines, some routines that are relaxation inducing. So you really want to control your environment. You want to turn off things like the television, um, using music is fine as long as it's music that's soothing, uh, maybe without lyrics, you know, things that um, don't have a whole lot of active energy with them that'll mm -hmm. keep you activated or engaged. Uh, even white noise. There's so many white noise machines out there uh, on the market. I mean, you can get them. There. Uh, I don't want to promote anybody in particular. You recommend, you recommend that, though? I do. I do. Okay. Especially if your environment isn't, if it's hard to control the noise level in your environment, let's say you've got children or, you know, just people that aren't going to sleep at the same time, putting a, a noise machine in your room can be helpful to kind of block out uh, the rest of the sounds in the house. Or if let's say that you live somewhere where there's lots of street traffic or honking horns, things like that. Right. And white noise machines are good to just try to create ambient noise uh, in the. What about the, the television as a noise giver? No, 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 no. Why no, not? No. Well, it's too activating. There's conversation, you know, and as much as you feel like it fits into the background, your mind is still. I mean, think about it. Your brain is is always on, right? And so, if there's conversation happening in the room with you your mind is in some way interacting with that information, right. which isn't allowing you to really transition into sleep. So I know people sometimes feel like it's soothing and they're really not paying attention to it, but uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a poor practice. So use the sound machine, use the nature um, sounds. Uh, you can even put those apps on your phone. They've got free apps that you can put on your phone and play it out of your out of your cell phone, as long as you're not looking at your cell phone, that's, that's totally fine. Um, so, so controlling the noise level in, in the environment, sometimes I'll encourage people to do things like, um, use aromatherapy. Okay. So aromatherapy is safer than burning a candle because you're going to fall asleep with the candle lit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so not a good idea. I've been guilty of that before, but I love candles. Absolutely. One of my favorite things in the world. So no, I'm sorry. There, no, was there okay. more? Well, no, no. What? So I hear you saying no TV. Mm -hmm. I, I heard you allude to no screens, so no or reduce yeah. or minimize screens for the last couple hours before bed. Absolutely. Should we turn the lights down as well? Lights off. Lights off. Okay. Lights off. So, 
what happens when we what happens when we don't fix this what happens to our bodies when we don't fix this thing what's the downside it's a breakdown and a breakdown in functioning in the daytime for sure so you're snapping at people (laughs) you know people don't like you you're losing friends you're losing promotions (laughs) promotions (laughs) you know you're you're not uh you know the the work that you're creating isn't isn't in tip-top form Right. So you're missing words. You're missing periods and commas. Mm-hmm. People are talking about you at the office. You know, your grammar is suffering. Um, you know, also your skin, you start to look your age or beyond your age. Right. Sleep. You can tell someone who's well rested by kind of how they present uh, physically. You really can tell. Mm. Um, but if you have more severe sleep disruption and we're talking some really um short sleep duration, or if you have, um, which is an even bigger topic, but if you have some real sleep disordered breathing, things like apnea, stuff like that, real sleep disorders, then this can impact things like diabetes and stroke and hypertension and, um, heart issues. And so there's, there's, there's real implications with other, um, health issues beyond just your overall daytime functioning, quality of life stuff. So, um, yeah, so I mean, it's, I think, like I said, people treat it like it's the icing on the cake. They treat it like, well, it'd be great to get seven to eight hours of sleep, but I don't have to. Um, and the reality is it's not just that it would be great. It's actually crucial to you performing to the extent of your capacity and ability at work in your interpersonal relationships, safety, um, I don't want to forget to mention safety. So being alert behind the wheel is really impacted by by sleep, right? I mean, imagine if you're sleepy and you're sitting in traffic. I live in Atlanta. I'm sitting in traffic 99% of my life. Right. <laughs> and if I were sleepy, I would doze off and, and run into the person in front of me. Uh, so, yeah. Last big question. It's kind of philosophical putting okay. you on the spot. Okay. How would the world be different if everybody got adequate sleep per night? Oh my goodness. I think we'd all be happier, more patient. We'd be smiling more. The people you don't like at work are the people who aren't sleeping. I guarantee you. <laughs> the people you don't like. The people who don't have the birthday party in the, the right, conference room. Exactly. <laughs> we pretended like we didn't know it was your <laughs> But we did. We just, we don't like you because come to work and you're, you're tired. You're tired. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dr. Scott. Appreciate you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? (laughs) They can find me at drnikiascott.com. That's D-R-N-I-K-I-A-S-C-O-T-T.com. And they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Scott Speaks.